Hey there, welcome to another episode of This Is My Story, the podcast and YouTube show. Today, my friend is gonna be Matt Butler. This recording was back in May when we were at the Nautique Masters event. There is some noise in the background because it's a live event. Uh, but I hope you enjoy this conversation. There's some fun, um, fun stories in there about how Matt and I met, how I put my foot in my mouth uh, with him one time, but also just a deeper dive into his story, what God's doing in his life uh, as a musician. Just wanted to share that with you, but thanks to our sponsors, Word of Life Bible Institute. Uh, if you're looking to study God's Word for six months, uh, you're a graduate student looking for a degree in Bible or just to get uh, six months, uh, one semester under your belt studying the Bible, it's a great place. Uh, and Christian Healthcare Ministries. If you don't have insurance already, you're not sure how you're going to get health coverage, look into Christian Healthcare Ministries. They have a lot of different plans for whatever stage of life you're at, whether you're a single person or you're married, you have children, whatever that case is, they've got uh, unbelievable different packages. Oh, it's biblically based. It's community sharing. We love it. So enjoy this episode. Be sure to share it, like it, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. I've been in music for a long time. I have. Grew up in a very musical family. Two older sisters. My, my sisters and my mom played violin and piano. And they actually started me on violin. People don't know this. Because cello, the, not cello, the trombone. Cello, no, not the trombone. Hey, you're gonna wear your your, your glasses. Oh, sorry. Let people see your eyes. Wow. Been out in the sun today. They say that they're window to the soul. Should we tell the story about how we met? We should. That's pretty cool. Let me do an intro and then we'll we we'll go with so it. So we're not keeping any of that. That's good stuff. We are at the 2021 Nautique Masters water ski and wakeboarding event. For those of you who are joining in on this, maybe you're new to the podcast or the YouTube show. My wife and I are running This Is My Story, a nonprofit ministry, and she was a professional wakeboarder. So that's kind of why we're here. We're still plugged in. We do inner city ministry with a Nautique boat, uh, an amazing sponsor and supporter of us. Uh, but thank you for tuning in here at the podcast, the YouTube show. We believe that every story matters. We exist to help you connect your story to God's story. Welcome to the show, bud. Yeah, man. Please. Here is my good friend and my brother, Matt Butler. We had his wife on, Ashley Butler, on the episode prior to this. And uh, amazing couple. Matt is a phenomenal musician. We'll get into some interesting things about his career. Uh, started out in Christian music, but now he's switched over to mainstream music, playing with Marin Morris's band and another young lady who's now a rising star. And I'm a country fan, but I haven't, I don't remember her name. Tennille uh, Arts. Big deal. Tennille Arts. Yeah. Let's tell an interesting story. How did we meet? Because uh, how we met's not just a question I'm asking you. I think it's a question worthy of asking all people because right. God, in our story, God orchestrates our lives in such a way that we do meet people. And if we're open to what he's doing, oftentimes he uses the people that we meet to keep us in our relationship with him, right. to grow our faith in him. The side relationships are a bonus. Yeah. How we met, and then our friendship has just birthed out of there. At this event, which I'll show some overhead footage of, of Callaway Gardens here in Georgia, Pine Mountain, Georgia. I'm on the shores. One of the pro athletes, wakeboarders, comes over, Austin Hare, and I'm chatting about his, his wakeboard competition that he just had. And... Uh, a little girl walks over to me. I need to. You, you prefacing? No, I need to preface this part of it. Yeah. I grew up water. I loved water sports. I actually did some amateur competition water skiing. That's right. Yep. But I was not. I was not great. But I grew up watching the Masters at Callaway Gardens, like loving it. In my mind, thinking it was like this massive place, right? So fast forward, I marry a girl whose parents own a place at Callaway Gardens. So we start yeah. coming here. Ashley. Ashley. And I'm sitting in the sand in a chair 
And I literally, I was just praying and I said to the Lord, I was like, this is so strange how these sequence of events have transpired and you brought me here. And I'm like, I feel connected to the sport, but I don't really know anyone. So literally hours after that little moment I had with the Lord, I was like, wow, whatever. And I'm sitting down watching it, enjoying it. And Kevin's talking to Austin and my daughter who resembled his daughter, you know, comes up to his knees, blonde, curly hair. She comes up to him, grabs his leg, thinking it's me. And <laughs> Kevin says, um, whose daughter no, is No, 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 no. No? No. Okay, I, now you have I, read, I started petting her head <laughs> and loving her while I was engaging with Austin. And and her hair is curly like Hope's. Yeah. My daughter, she's about the same age, exact same age. And, uh, and, a, and a moment happens where I rub in her head and I look down to tell her I love you or acknowledge her. And she looks up to do the same thing to me. And the two of us, you know, look like we saw a ghost. <laughs> and then your daughter just runs away awkwardly. We're dressed alike. Our daughters look alike. So Finally, you, we, we... So you walk up. So I walk up. A few up. minutes later, I introduce you to Austin. And then I'll never forget this. You might not remember this. But I said, say, man, how's it going? You know, I, we start talking. I said, what do you do for a job, you know? And he's like, well, I'm in a band. But I thought you were from Pine Mountain, Georgia. So I said, <laughs> I oh, is it, a, is it a country band? <laughs> I thought it was a local, a local band, some, some thing. So good. <laughs> and, so good. And then you said Christian band. Yeah. And meanwhile, I still think you're talking about Pine Mountain, Georgia. I play in the worship band at Pine Mountain some, Baptist Church. Some small town redneck Christian band, you know. And you thought I was a redneck? No, well, no, but I thought you were from Pine Mountain, Georgia. Interesting. Everything just wasn't clicking. Right. So then I go, what's the name of the band? And you said new song. Right. And at that time, it was prior to Marin Morris and the country music, you were lead singing with the New Song. New band. Song, right. Well, New Song was the first concert I ever went to. So crazy. As a Christian at a church. <laughs> they had all the little weird didgeridoos and oh, yeah. all these strange things. Rhythm and, of the world. Yeah, I was like, well, I bought a, D- a CD. <laughs> yeah, we connected pretty quick. Too many, too many things. Yeah. So, I mean, fast forwarding, we have had deep conversations about our walk with the Lord, about being godly husbands about our children, the good and the bad and the highs and lows, and I value, you know, our friendship. I mean Me that. Too. I mean that. Let's talk about your story. I guess we'll just dive right into this part of my story. Let's do it. Which is probably the most, the, the most pivotal point of my story was I grew up playing music. I started playing cello when I was four years old, taught myself to play piano, took lessons from my mom, but really just listened to music that I wanted to play and played it. Yeah. And I was... I was good and successful at a young age, but never had like a passion for it. And I, we throw the word calling out oh, yeah. a lot. And I didn't have a sense because I wasn't a believer. I didn't have a sense of a calling. I wasn't listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. There was, yeah. I was just kind of doing what I was naturally good at. So what I was also naturally good at was sports. That was my real passion. I wanted to play sports, unfortunately. <laughs> but not in the cards for me to go to the yep. next level. <laughs> I hear you. I'm right there with you. So my choice was going through high school. My choice was either go to a really small school and never be heard of again and try and play sports or listen to my parents and go audition and play music at a bunch of schools. So I did. And you said I, I grew up in Michigan. And uh, the school that I despised the most growing up was called Michigan State. And I just you know, rivalries, all that kind of stuff, sports. Um, Long story short, I auditioned and put my application into so many different schools. When I went to Michigan State, 
I played cello for them for about 10 minutes and they pulled my dad aside and they said, we want to offer your son a full ride scholarship today. Wow. And my dad looks at me and goes, guess where you're going to school? <laughs> no, no. Dad. I was like, no. So this is the best part of the story. I, I, like kicking and screaming against all of my wishes and desires. I went there and I somehow got put in the sports dorm, which is what I really wanted. Yes. I got roomed with three wrestlers and four football players at a Division One Big Ten school. And I was there on a cello scholarship. They're all believers. They had Bible studies every week. Wow. Like the whole dorm, it was like a move of God. Like that's where I came to know the wow. Lord. And when I hindsight, I'm like, the way the Lord used my parents and just people around me to guide me to that moment in time, that was the beginning of my story. I you ever talk to them? Because I always think it's fascinating when we a person plays a role in our life and then we give our life to Christ and then we move on in life we grow with the Lord but yeah. then we don't think back like how God instrumentally put someone in there like you ever think about just hitting that person up like, I do. Oh, you? we talk all the time oh, I cool. call him on his birthday every year cool. he's a pastor in Phoenix now um, that's cool but what's his name Mike Gallant cool yeah. shout out to Mike man shout out to Mike that's a big story big part of uh, your story huge is... part yeah for sure and my life now is so different than it was even in uh, Christian music um living on the bus with a bunch of guys who are believers and family guys and um you would think making the jump from that to what i do now would be like magnanimously different and it is in some ways but my role now as as matt butler the musician i'm embracing the fact that it's more of a, a mentoring role and we want this guy because he's more seasoned yeah good musician yada yada whatever but like living life day to day on the road i realize my role <coughs> And me and my wife are doing this devotional, and one of our favorite words is it being intentional about our marriage, about our kids, about how we coach or how we respond to our bosses or how we mentor, I like, like that. being intentional. And the intentionality of how I take my role as a musician and as the older guy in the band, which I am now, um, I take it seriously. I wake up every day and I say, Lord, how can I, how can I serve these people today? I think the Lord, I'm, I don't want to say held me back. I think he was preparing me, marinating me to, to prepare me for the role of the human being that I am today, not just as a, as a, a husband and a father, but just how I am out on the road. Yeah. And my very first weekend out on the road with Marin, um, a guy who's now, I would consider him a very, very close friend. Uh, he's not a believer. In fact, he does not believe in God at all. Yeah. We were in a hotel workout room, just he and I. We didn't really know each other very much. And he, he goes, so I hear you're from like Christianity music or something like that. That's funny. I yeah. was like, kind of chuckled. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'll go with this. So I'm on a treadmill or on a bike or something and we're working out. And uh, he asked me that question and I was like, yeah, he goes, well, I don't believe in God. And I was like, okay, you want to talk about that? He goes, I don't know. I was like, well, tell me why. Tell me your story. Yeah. Dude, I love that. And uh, and he did for about 20 minutes yeah. while we're working out. He just purged yeah. about what, the things that he's gone through. Ex-military, ex-cop, wow. just the stuff Tough that stuff. he's been through. And I'm like, at the end of it, I was like, bro, <laughs> I've never seen or gone through any of that kind of stuff. So I, anything that I would have to say regarding that, I mean, I don't blame you. But do you want to hear my story? He goes, nah, not really. I was like, okay. Fast forward later on that day, 
we had a day off and we just grilled out in the parking lot of this hotel in the yeah. middle of nowhere. He comes up to me, he goes, so are we still going to be friends? I was oh. like, what are you talking about? He's like, are we going to be friends? I was like, let me tell you something. I don't know who you've met that claims to be a believer in Christ. I don't, I, I can't speak to your history or who you've known, but I can tell you about me and the God that I serve. I have two of the greatest commands. One is to love him. Number two is to love and serve others. And that's wow. my job out here. And yes, I'm going to love you and serve you and help you in any way I can. And yes, we're going to be friends. Yeah, that's and, powerful. And it's Bro, so powerful. Yeah. So far, every single podcast interview I've done, there's just been some element of isolation and feeling alone in the feelings, feeling alone in the fear, feeling alone in the process. And um, God always brought somebody along or he always used a timing or a process or a moment to minister, kind of meet those needs. I'm wondering, you know, it's kind of a question of like, man, if you really knew me during this time, you know, maybe it's now, maybe it's prior. If you really knew me, this is what was going on. Where we can kind of peel back the layer. You know, Nate was sharing about when his younger days, when he was performing for the Lord, no one really knew. He didn't tell anybody. But now he looks back in retrospect and he's like, that was me. That was all I was doing. And God, God had to reveal that to me. When I look back and think about high school, like I was so just treading water like I didn't I didn't know truth I didn't know anything ultimate I didn't know anything solid I just always trusted me and I think I had to get to the place in my life where I had to get outside of myself I mean looking back on it I've I've reconnected like I've reconnected with some people that I went to high school with like class reunions and that kind of stuff and they saw a picture of me, how I was in high school, and then they've seen my success, and they decided to put the dots together as they wanted to, and the Lord was a huge element of that, but none of them saw that. So all they had was a vision of me. Oh, yeah, that's Butler. He's, you know. That's what we expected. Yeah, that's what we expected, but nobody, nobody knew that, that I was struggling with an identity in something other than myself. That it wasn't enough. Oh, it definitely wasn't enough. As a big Michigan fan, I've always followed Tom Brady's career, and I was a music director for the biggest Christian tour of in the world called Winter Jam. Yeah. And I remember sometimes I would go out into the audience for bands that I wasn't playing for just to listen and see how things were looking and going. And one of the bands, or somebody played a, a, a little clip of, I think it was the speaker, played a clip of Tom Brady speaking. This was five years ago, and he was in an interview, and he said, I mean... I've got all the success in the world. I'm a millionaire, arguably the best football player of all time. I've got five rings or however many rings he had at the time. I married a Victoria's Secret model. I got great kids. There's got to be more than this. Wow. And then the clip ended. And I was like, but that was me. I was yeah. like, I find success in everything I do, but there was no meaning. There was no calling. I had zero direction. I was just yeah. flailing in the wind, yeah. you know? I think I spent so much time, I'm going to use the word cruise control, where I just, I was like, okay, this is, this is it for me. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to play for a new song for the rest of my life and stand on stage in front of thousands of people. Got a great life, great family, great life. And there was a point several years ago where me and Ashley looked at each other and we were like, is this it? Like, is this are we going to cruise control into the sunset? Because we could. 
and we are, she's an amazing woman. My kids are incredible. I have such a blessed life. But like Tom Brady, I'm like, there's got to be more. I feel like the Lord has something for me. Yeah. And so when the opportunity to, to go just completely jump ship and change my life and my family's life, it was the only time in my life to date that I can tangibly remember feeling the best way to describe it is like the Lord put his hand on my back and said, this is what I've been training you for. This is what I've been preparing you for. Now is your time. Go be a light. And that's, that's fulfillment to me. Like I know, I know that the Lord told me to do that and that's where I find my Yeah. And let's make a distinction, right? Like going to Marin was not the fulfillment. No. Because I want to be clear. I hear, I heard what you said. Yeah. It was the fulfillment. The fulfillment was being a light. What would you say to somebody? You've been on the stage. You've seen people love your music, love Marin, love Lou Song. Um, it's all great. It's good. What have you learned? Don't get me wrong. I love playing music, and I love playing the energy of a live crowd. I love it. I miss it. I can't wait to get out there and do it. But that is not the fulfillment. That's God gave me these gifts, and I'm going to use them, and we're going to have a good time. The fulfillment of his calling happens off stage. And it's all about the relationships. I feel like God puts me in these situations to have conversations and build relationships. And that's, that's why he brought me into the situations that I'm in. When I'm yeah. behind closed doors, sitting in a room with, you know, whoever, what I actually say to people to, to start the what's your story yeah, what's like your conversation, story? what I've been saying, my mentor encouraged me to do this a couple of years ago. He's like, you don't, you don't have to beat people over the head with it. You don't have to always be talking about Jesus. Yeah. Just ask them, hey, how can I pray for you? Yeah. And when you say that to somebody, it's amazing the walls that come down. Yeah. I like. And that. like what you say, hey, tell me your story. Yeah. What's your story? You know, what's your story? You know, another one that I I've enjoyed doing once I know someone a little bit. Um, instead of saying, what do you do for a living? Yeah. What do you love about what you do? Mm, that's good. It's just fun. Because as soon as you say, what do you do? Then your job defines you. An interesting story. We were, this is a, this is a funny one. If people are still tuning in here, great. <laughs> if you're still awake. You know where I'm going to go. If you're driving a truck right now, turn this off. You're going to fall asleep. <laughs> no, not, no, you're not. You ever, you ever have that time in a conversation with a friend or someone you're trying to help them out? You believe in them but you just open your mouth and put your foot in it i put my whole leg in my mouth with matt we were in nashville we had an (laughs) event you know where i'm going we had a day to remember event so our summer outreach matt and ashley you guys were coming to hang out we had we had had our event at our good friend's house scott Hendricks, who is blake shelton's producer scott Hendricks is i don't know i can't even describe him i mean i just see him as like cut off jeans and a white t-shirt but he's you could probably describe his so his humble career yet so talented uh, he's just humble when i think he of is. scott i think humble yeah he'll tell you the story and he's like he gives god all the credit for yeah. it i, just, he, awesome I know he, awesome guy. he gives the lord the credit and he hosts the day to remember he, he brings does. all the girls from mercy awesome. ministry phenomenal but so if you're going to get into the country music world scott's the man right He's one of them. He's, he's one of the, the one couple, of the, yeah. the, the few. I mean, he's pretty connected, I'd yeah. say. So I was riding around with his car going to dinner, and he had a bunch of CDs in. I'm like, oh, what's this? He goes, well, every day there's about 50 of these from musicians who are giving their lives, right, to the music, hoping right. they'll make it big. And he says, I just take them out and throw them in the back seat, and at the end of the day, 
there's maybe one that's still up here, and if it makes the cut to the next day, he's like, and he's like, it's every day, it's 50. Yeah. And I just, I pictured all the stories related to the 50. I know, I right? Like, I wanted to cry. I was like, poor people. Man, There's yeah. no letters. I know all of them. There's no <laughs> shout outs. <laughs> You're friends with all of them. All right, so, so let's catch him up. At this point, you hadn't met Scott because you hadn't come to an event yet. Correct. Oh, no, I think you may have met him, but I met him in passing, not, a lot of, not a lot of conversation. And you know me, I'm always trying to just connect people. So we're having dinner at Scott's house with his wife. And already I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain who you are and like what you're good at. Me. Yeah. Right. Right. Because at one point, Matt is <laughs> uh, playing strings yeah. for Sheryl Crow on an album. Yeah. In the early 2000s, I guess it was. It was actually, it's funny because I played with her at a thing uh, last year with Marin. And I was like, Oh, that's Can you right. believe I played on Lullaby for Wyatt? She had just adopted a boy named Wyatt. And oh, was on when we were song. recording, she was holding Wyatt in the control room while I was playing. And yeah, it was like okay. a really intimate, cool moment. Ooh. I was like, man, how long ago was that? She goes, well, he's 12 now. So oh. I was like, that was 12 years ago. Wow. So, so I, was, when you were telling me about that, I just thought that that was really cool. I, I grew up yeah. listening to Garth Brooks and Cheryl Crow. A lot of my friends did. And, and so I'm trying to make this connection for, for Scott to you to right. let him know that you're not just playing a new song but you've also done these things with Cheryl Crow and I little did you know she lived next door yeah to Scott right yeah he could have <laughs> went and asked but I was trying to help you out you know so you were playing the cello for Cheryl which is not the trombone <laughs> but when I'm at dinner with Scott Hendricks one of the biggest musician in legs there of all industry I say yeah you know Matt Matt Matt's really good. Like I don't like he's he's actually played cello for Cheryl Crow. He didn't say cello. I mean, sorry. he said trombone. He's actually played trombone for Cheryl Crow. <laughs> and there was this awkward moment at the table where all of us were at in his house, and I, and I just clearly thought something I said was off. But I didn't. You know may as well have said he played goalie for the Tennessee Titans. It's <laughs> <laughs> something, <laughs> and he wears a tutu. I mean. There was no chance of you getting any sort no. of musical connection Zero. at all. But, you know, later on, I went and cleared it up. I was like, hey, by the way, I think I told Just you so that you know. Matt plays trombone. It's not. He's cello. And by that point, I couldn't go. And he's really good. I just dropped yeah, it. Yeah. I left it alone. Hey. Meanwhile, Blake had been looking for a cello player. And he's like, I, no, that's trombone. He's trombone. Trom oh, sorry. So close. <laughs> Let's talk about your story one more time. Let's wrap up here. What would you say to the audience listening just to encourage them on their personal story? Like, how important is it? There's only one thing that nobody can ever take away from you. And that's your story. And if you tell somebody you believe in Jesus because of a situation or because of something that happened to you, or like for me, it was my story. Well, you can't look at me and tell me, no, that's yeah. not true. Yeah, that is true. And whatever your story is, nobody can ever take that away from you. And because everyone is so unique, because of the way that God designed them and made them, and everybody's different, everyone has their own story, you never know when you tell your story who it's going to affect. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. You know, COVID hit. My friend Matt Butler, the lead singer, the Marin Morris traveling guy, the Jimmy Fallon dude, COVID hit and it tore your family apart. Yeah. It tore down your identity as a musician. Well, where the rubber met the road for us was, do we really trust? Do we really believe what we say we believe that God will provide and that he will never allow us to go through something 
He will never leave us alone. He will never forsake us. Do we really believe? I remember a friend that told me it's always godly to reflect. And if you don't know what God is calling you to right now, go to the last time you heard him. And the last time I heard him was when he put his hand in the small of my back and said, go, be a light. And I didn't hear him calling me to go drive a truck for Amazon. I didn't hear that, but I was like, that was my knee-jerk reaction. And we prayed about it. And I won't go into the story, but the way that God provided, it's been a struggle for us. But, I mean, I've learned to cook and clean and and do all the things, the laundry, the homeschooling. And I may not be great at it, but God was like, this is what you need to do right now. I love it. Don't worry about that. He didn't say it's going to come back, but I kind of had a sense. I was like, let's just ride this thing out. Yeah, because you know? Ashley got a full-time she job. She did. She, worked, she was working on a lot of hours. Unbelievable woman. The best of the best. And she works her butt off every day. And we hug and sometimes cry when she leaves in the morning. And we hug and sometimes cry when she comes home. Yeah. And she's doing what she needs to do for our family and I'm doing what I need to do for our family and we've gotten really close there's been some struggles and battles but I feel like God for us God used COVID for us to really kind of peel back some layers and like what's most important to us and obviously that's our marriage and our kids he's sustained us even when we had two mortgages and no job you know all right man anything you want to leave the audience with know what you believe know why you believe it and be able to have an intelligent conversation and defend why you believe that. I like that. Don't know your story. Yeah. Know the gospel story. Know your story and the gospel. Yeah, how they connect. And acknowledge, like you do with your ministry, acknowledge that your story has meaning. Yeah. Even if you're a garbage man or a millionaire or a rock star or an athlete or whatever. Yeah, you will not play music on Jimmy Fallon forever, more than likely pretty high percentage you won't here's a guarantee you're gonna die that's a hundred percent and and so when until then the most satisfactory thing that we could ever do is to glorify the lord to and that's a strange word but literally is to have him in the highest regard of our heart the highest regard of our mind that that our life is an overflowing well of of life water life-giving water to other people that is the most satisfying thing Mm -hmm. a friend of mine always says whether you go by the upper taker or the undertaker, one day you show enough going to meet your maker. Oh, dang. <laughs> I'm stealing that. <laughs> but anyway, if you enjoyed this conversation or you'd love to ask a question about, um, about Matt or to Matt, drop it in the comments because we will probably be able to do this again sometime and love to ask your questions to him. But if you enjoyed this, be sure to let him know. I mean, as successful as he's been in music, he's still, prior to this conversation, said to me, I don't really have a story. Who wants to listen to me? And it just baffles me. No matter who I talk to, everyone, we all feel this way. And I know part of it's humility, but it's also we're just uh, we're sideshow to the big show. And that's what we need to get pumped up about. It's like, hey, I'm going to tell my story because ultimately I'm a reflection of a grander story. Yeah. doesn't matter who you are. We get to reflect that. So remember that when you sign out of here and you go live your life for this week. Until next time, you have a story and it matters more than you know.